Yeah, thank you for setting the tone for us as we enter into this Thanksgiving Eve. My name is John Wayne. Welcome to Bethany. Um, I work with the wilderness ministry here. Uh, So real practically, it's my job to encourage discipleship through the tool of the outdoors. Uh, What this looks like, I get to work with some incredible volunteers and facilitating all kinds of experiences. I get to create content, plan trainings, but mostly I get to hike on weekdays. It's a pretty, it's a pretty sweet job. Um, however, way before I was the wilderness guy here at Bethany um, and a student of creation, I grew up as a student of scripture and specifically of the Psalms. Uh, daily Bible reading was just part of my rhythm growing up with my eight siblings. My mom specifically had us spending a lot of time in the Psalms. We had this reading plan that we did for years where... Um, so today's the 24th, you would read the 24th Psalm, and then you would add 30, so you'd do the 54th, the 84th, 114th, 144th, I think the math is good there. And by the end of the month, you would have read through the entire book of Psalms. And we did that for years, that was just part of our rhythm. So I love the Psalms, they've been a huge, they've played a huge role in my journey. Some of my earliest memories of scripture, I remember Psalm 23, you know, being read to me at bedtime. As a kid, um, I had a transforming kind of moment with Christ my junior year of high school in an aspen tree in Colorado, sitting with Psalm 27. Psalm 34 was one of the first scriptures I took to memory. Um, It's taken a while. We got to the 104th Psalm, and it's a good one. What a text that we get to sit in today. A text that I am confident will spur us on in reflection, reflection that will lead to celebration, all rooted in the faithfulness of God, would you pray with me? Dear God, thank you for the reflection of the psalmist. Thank you, Lord, that we have a space to celebrate your great faithfulness as a community, that we get to do that together. Lord, as we, as we look at this psalm, we, we reiterate what the psalmist asked, Lord, would our meditation be sweet to you tonight? this body coming together to celebrate you. Would you bless all of this, Lord? It's through your son whom we pray, amen. I'm thrilled to enter this text as we uh, lean into the practice of celebration rooted in the faithfulness of God. Obviously, this is timely with Thanksgiving tomorrow and we start Advent next week. There are literal days in our calendar blocked out for celebration, which is great. It's so good that we should celebrate these things. But if you've been with us here at Bethany, we're coming out of a series titled One Another, where after a period of intense isolation, we're relearning and remembering our calling to one another and to our communities. This topic today of celebration, I really see as a continuation of that series, remembering our calling to be people of routine celebration. This is something that we've been out of practice in, or at least I have. I don't know about you, but my routines of reflection and celebration kind of went out the window over the last 20 months or so. And with it went some rootedness, some perspective, some awareness of the presence of Christ. We didn't have this space last year. Our Advent was online last year. Many of us still haven't had proper opportunities to celebrate with our closest friends and family. As a community, 
As Bethany, we are entering back into this space with one another, and it is so appropriate that we sit together in communal reflection that leads to communal celebration. And hopefully we can readopt this rhythm into our church body, yes, into our daily practices and into our holiday celebrations that we might fulfill God's desire to rejoice over us with gladness. Today, as we break apart and break down this practice, we want to look at uh, some of the complexities of celebration, the fruit of, I'm sorry, the source of our celebration and the fruit that follows. So we want to look at the complexities of celebration and what better way to do that than by looking at the book of Psalms in this book of poetry, the hymn book for the early people of God, we find the complete spectrum of human emotion and of the human experience. We see rage, anger, hopelessness, despair. It's all found in the Psalms. For me, I remember as a teenager who just felt so much shame and was lonely so much of the time, this book gave weight to my emotions and helped me be attuned to by God. This book really kept me from believing that the Christian faith was this frail thing made out of toxic positivity. So as we hear our psalm for today, Psalm 104, remember that it is buttressed by psalms that are written from the deepest of pits. Hear these words from the 69th Psalm. I am weary with crying. My throat is dry. My eyes fail while I wait for my God. Or from the 88th Psalm, my soul is full of troubles and my life draws near to the grave. I'm like a man who has no strength, adrift among the dead whom you remember no more. As we open up the practice of celebration, becomes very clear through the context of the Psalms that celebration is given its fullness when we are able to hold space for all of these emotions. And that has great impact for this community. But it is not an easy task in front of us because celebration is complex. Because if we're not in the pit ourselves, someone in our community absolutely is. And this is especially pronounced during the holidays where Somebody's highest joy can be another's deepest pain. One person sends out Christmas cards with a family full of kids while another is figuring out what their family's going to look like. A couple celebrates anniversaries while another marriage just feels stuck. Job raise, job loss, Thanksgiving, hardest day of the year, celebration, and feeling like I am a man with no strength, drift among the dead whom you remember no more. I was in an Advent planning meeting recently, and I forget the topic that brought this conversation up, but my friend Andrew said that uh, this the fear of this pendulum that we're on can keep us from engaging with the discipline of celebration at all. But the reality of our call as found in the book of Psalms is that as people of God, we are meant to engage the complexities because we have a God who can hold the complexities. Might I also add, we have a God who has experienced the complexities. It is such good news for us that the book of Psalm exists for us today because each emotion has a place and each emotion and experience is called to be held by one another, by us, the community of faith. 
So as we are encouraged to routinely engage with this discipline, be reminded that as a community, we are first called to hold one another, to embrace the complexity. The psalmist is aware of this pendulum in verses 28 through 30, coming to the end of his reflection and speaking of created things. The psalmist says, you open your hand, they are filled with good. You hide your face and they are troubled. You take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. You send forth your spirit, they're created, and you renew the face of the earth. The psalmist names the pendulum that we're on for us, but also shares with us the trajectory of all created things. You renew the face of the earth. This brings us to our second point, the source of our celebration. See, the psalmist has this rich reflection that is fueled from incredible ecological literacy. This poet knows his place, his physical place, but also our place in the order of things created. In reflection, it becomes visible that we live in an intricate web of a world in which all things are in some way connected. Poet has tasted the wine, has eaten the bread, has touched the sap of the cedars, has walked the hills of the mountain goats, and the knowledge of place is fueling his celebration. Do we know our place? We love only what we know, and we truly know only what we experience. Do we know our physical place as well as our place in the order of things created? Speaking to this, C.S. Lewis says this of humanity. We were made neither to be cerebral men nor visceral men, but men. Not beasts nor angels, but men, speaking of humanity. Things at once rational and animal. Made in the image of God, but made nonetheless with all other created things, connected the humility and responsibility that we find when we get to know our physical place and our interconnectedness to created things will do nothing but enhance our celebration. Look at how the poet does this. The psalmist reflects on a universal scale all the way down to the practical minute scale. The poet is actually mirroring the creation story in Genesis from the stretching out of the heavens, the creation of the earth, the dividing of the waters, creation of the animals and so on but he then looks deeper. He reflects on the food and wine, the trees that are homes for the birds, seasons of the earth, the interconnectedness of it all. And the psalmist, before he calls out for justice to rain down on the wicked and before he finishes in praise, the revelation that comes from his reflection on place is that God renews all created things. This is the source of our celebration. This is the commonality that we share as a community of faith. This is the genesis of our personal reflection. The fact that God is in the business of renewal and renewal is our ultimate destination. Do you know this? Or were you told that your work has no value because all this is just going to be burned up? Were you told that The cedars of Lebanon or the fir trees hold no value to the one who created them. Were you told that God was content with the disunity of the church? Were you told that broken, evil, and wicked systems are meant to stay that way? 
Or were you told that shame and isolation and hopelessness is just your lot to bear during this life? No. Renewal is the trajectory. All of it renewed. He says, you renew the face of the earth. That is all of it renewed, redeemed. That is the story God is writing. That is the story you are invited to participate in right now in this context, in this community. When we do that, we will have ample opportunity to celebrate because the light's gonna just break through everywhere. Your garden is gonna be a renewal in the way of Christ. Your good work as a nurse, property manager, coder, teacher is gonna weave renewal into relationships and systems. And we will celebrate all of it. Renewal is our trajectory. So as we talk about celebration, you may feel in no place to celebrate. You may be feeling nothing but dread as we enter into Thanksgiving tomorrow. I would encourage you to hold on to this word in the midst of that. Renewal is your story. Renewal is your trajectory. Or you may be fearful of engaging with celebration because it feels like God's gonna pull the rug out from underneath you or the other shoe's gonna drop, so to speak. I would encourage you to mirror the reflection of the psalmist. Look at creation. I think of the fires that we've been inundated with, with with the past years, which is definitely, you know, not a part of God's design. It's obvious creation groaning. But I also think of the new life that is happening in those spaces. Take Mount St. Helens, for example. I was skiing with a with an older gentleman who logged Mount St. Helens like one or two years after it erupted. Like he was the first contract at Mount St. Helens. And he was talking about what that experience was like. And he said it was the quietest thing he's ever experienced. Not even a fly buzzing, just dead silent. And you look at it now, and it is this rich, biodiverse, thriving ecosystem. Renewal is the trajectory of all created things. And yes, that includes us. I have the privilege of working with the wilderness ministry. So I do spend a good bit of, bit of time in the outdoors, but um, outside of work, I try to make it a point to regularly retreat with Christ uh, for my own sake, because it's in engaging with the earth where I often find myself being invited into practicing celebration, catching glimpses of this kind of renewal that we're talking about. In my work, yes, there are so many opportunities to see this renewal with my leaders on our day hikes in the Cascades and backpacks and snowshoes and, what, and whatnot. But the most formative experiences for me are in Hamlin Park. I live up in Shoreline, about two blocks from Hamlin. If you've never been, I can't recommend it highly enough. It's this beautifully forested park. It's got a ridge that has some mountain views, but it just dives deep down, tons of trails. I just I go on runs and walks there, and I just get lost purposefully in that in that park. Every time I go, I try to take some time to pause, to reflect on these beautiful old growth trees or the sword, for, the sword ferns underneath them, or the joy of my dog as he carries a stick three times his size. This place has become a real sanctuary for me, a place where I can routinely reflect and be with Christ 
and celebrate those little moments of space and intimacy with God. That's what celebration can look like, right? Your local park catching a glimpse of something just makes you say, wow, yes, celebration. A scent that brings you back somewhere, yes, celebration. Pecan pie and cornbread dressing tomorrow for me at least, yes, absolutely, celebration. The fruit of this routine reflection at at Hamlin for me often relates to identity and calling. I get to practice these inhaling habits that we talk about here at Bethany of reflection and meditation and prayer. And then calling, I have become more aware of our collective calling to be stewards of created things. I'm growing in knowledge of this through my experience of this physical place. The streams of Hamlin Park feed the Thornton Creek watershed which dumps into Lake Washington, which dumps into the Puget Sound. It's still home to some spawning salmon, home to some eagles. It's actually co-managed by the Muckleshoot tribe, indigenous people who are still teaching us what stewardship looks like. It's my backyard. We're gonna love what we know. One last example of this fruit that comes from celebration. For the past two years, I got to go out with some of our high school friends who are in the room tonight. We do a grad prep retreat for incoming seniors up at Snoqualmie Pass where these high schoolers spend a couple hours in this type of reflection that we see here in Psalm 104. We walk together, talk about what we're seeing, what we're noticing, spend a few hours in solitude reflecting up above the pass, and then they come back down to be with their parents where they share their reflections and parents have the opportunity to bless and celebrate their children. And as I was studying this text, I was just taken back, reminded of how powerful that was for me, me who was helping lead them. Hearing the observation that these students made, the ground at their feet, the trees above them, the colors on the mountainside, the peace they were experiencing, the high value they placed on that time. These high school friends of ours have modeled diligent reflection that leads to communal celebration. All rooted in the knowledge of the trajectory that all things are being renewed. The parents of students got to publicly speak life and identity into their students. It was so sweet to see. Um, And the fruit of the celebration is identity, but also just a deep, deep well for them to draw from for years to come. As we enter this holiday season, there's much opportunity to celebrate, to dig out a deep well for ourselves. And we're not disassociating complexity from that celebration, but rather we're going to hold that complexity following in the pattern of God. There will be many opportunities to celebrate. Celebration of good meals, relationships, beauty, generosity, art, sports, pets, children, friends, you name it. So many opportunities. But more than these upcoming days in our calendar, we are being invited to be people of routine celebration. Celebration that springs from diligent reflection, rooted in the knowledge that all things are gonna be renewed, are being renewed. That is our commonality as we relearn how to celebrate with one another in this space.
And we're going to step into that practice now as we take communion. If you didn't get a communion cup on the way in, just raise your hand. Somebody will bring you some if anybody needs communion. This is an invitation. Um, after I walk us through, the band's going to play. Uh, feel free to take it whenever you're ready during that song. Communion is an opportunity. We've got some people who need some down here. Everyone's on it. That's awesome. Communion is such a sweet way to practice celebration as we as a body get to celebrate the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, as often as you drink this cup, do so in remembrance of me, in remembrance of Christ, our hope, the source of all things renewed. Jesus said, take, eat, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. What is the Lord hoping to make new in you? Where might you be called to participate with Christ in bringing about renewal? I would ask you to consider these things before you take communion. Once again, whenever you're ready during the song. One more hand check. Does anybody else need it? We look great. All right.